church for a little over a year. They have two amazing children, Brantley and Isla. I was going to say Lyle. And Isla that are in Gospel Factory. And they're just an awesome, awesome couple. So if you'll just do me a humongous favor and just give it up for Lewis and Amber as they make their way on up here. really cool experience um, with Lewis last year. How many of you were involved in our serve day last year? Um, a bunch of you were involved in our serve day and uh, one of the serve days that we had an opportunity to do, uh, we got an opportunity to clean and go do some yard work in a house that was pretty, pretty yuck. And, um, and so I called Lewis up and I was like, hey, you want to help during serve week? And of course, he didn't tell me no. So we get over there to this house and um, Jeff and Madeline were with us and we there was just a whole bunch of garbage. We filled up two whole trailers and I think a dumpster and all this stuff just filling up. And I just got to spend some time with Lewis that day and just realize in his heart he actually loves to fish. That's one of the things he loves to do. And um, they're just an amazing couple. But I want to hear how you've impacted their life and how Coastal Family Church has made a difference in their life being here. about what Coastal Family Church means to me, my mind goes directly to a moment in time, just a little over a year ago. It was a Saturday morning. My daughter, who was in first grade at the time, came into my room to lay next to me, chatting about her week in school. She was telling me that she was feeling sad for her friend, who was also in her class. I knew of the little girl she spoke of and that she was grieving the loss of her mother, who had recently died of cancer. My daughter was fearful that, like her friend, she could lose me too. But she had a solution. My daughter, who had just turned seven, said in a very innocent, yet matter-of-fact way, that if anything were to happen to me, she would simply take her own life. That way she could be with me in heaven. Needless to say, my whole world started spinning at that moment. I quickly tried to explain why God would not want her to do such a thing. As I struggled for the right words to say, I could tell she was confused. She had questions and I needed answers. But this was far greater than what I was used to dealing with. At that moment, I was determined to find a church that could help me guide my children, specifically a Bible-based church. After some internet searching, I came upon Coastal Family Church, and the next morning we attended for the first time. I met with Sarah, the children's service leader, and through tears, explained what my daughter was going through and what I'd hoped to gain from her. Sarah simply said, I'm so glad you were here, because today's children's message is about when bad things happen. I knew in that moment that I had not found the church I was meant to be in that morning, but that it was God who had led me here. So to me, Coastal Family Church means knowing that each week my children's hearts and minds are getting nourished with solid Bible-based information that is on their level of understanding, and it's getting sound advice and guidance when needed. I cannot say enough good things about the people we have met along the way here at Coastal Family and what a positive influence the church has made in our lives. Yeah, that Sunday morning, honey. 
on those boards, there's a ton of Lewis and Ambers. There's a ton of people that God's waiting to say, you know what, I want to change their life. I want them to feel like they have a home. Like there's people sitting next to them that can give them advice. You know, one of the things that we, it's just our heart here at Coastal Family Church is that we want you to belong. And then we want you to believe and then we'll worry about your behavior. But so many times I'm telling you the institution of church has tried to make people behave. And then they try to make them believe and then they say you'll belong. But I'm going to tell you something. When you walk in these doors, when you bring somebody next week that you've invited, because I'm going to tell you something, you're going to invite them and they're going to say yes because we've been praying for them. And when they say yes and they walk through those doors, they're going to walk into a place they call home. And they're not going to have to worry about what they look like, how they act like. We're going to worry about all that later because Jesus has already took care of that. Amen. Amen. So we're just going to, our job is just to love on people. That's all your job is. It's not, you don't worry about correcting anything. Let the word of God and the Holy Ghost do that, right? The Holy Spirit will change people. You just love on people and show them how good God is. And then you'll have an Amber and a Lewis in your life. Amen. I want to call up some friends of ours, Beth and David Bradley. That's just teenagers like Beth and David Bradley. Come on. Beth and David Bradley, uh, I'm going to tell a little bit of their story real quick before they come up here, but um, yes. come on up. They, um, they came to us for premarital counseling, and uh, we love premarital counseling. Do you want to know why? Because it's a bait for a fishing hook. And you know, one of the things that's always been passion for Pastor Stephen and I is good marriages. We believe we have one of the best marriages, and we believe that you can have one of the best marriages. And so when we have that hope in us, we just put that in other people. And Beth and David came to us and asked if we would do premarital. And we're like, absolutely. Little will they know that they would be leading Apex High School how many years later. And um, so I'm going to let you share a little bit of their story. They've been with us for almost four and a half, almost five years. And um, if you'll just, just love on them, they'll give it to you. They're fun. <laughs> I think they're both on. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I'm David and this is Beth. Um, we've been together uh, since high school. We met at a private Christian school that we attended uh, in Rocky Mount, big city. And um, it was a very, uh, it was a very strict place, um, very structured. Uh, we had chapel once a week that we had to attend, and we had a Bible class every day, in every grade. Um, they teach taught us a lot about the Bible, but it was more of a history lesson and not, a, not something where you know, they focus on a relationship with God, but more or less about what you can recite from memory about the Bible, and, um, and that was a little bit like the church that I grew up in. Yeah. <laughs> 
our experience with um, our, the school we went to and our church that we grew up in, or the church I grew up in, and that brought that to when we had started dating. Um, like, our youth um, was nothing like the youth that we have here. graduated and with and having an experience like that growing up we um, decided when we went away to college that we were done with church and there wasn't really anything there for us anymore but uh, after about 10 years of living our life the way you know we wanted to and not really answering to anybody or anything we uh, decided it was time to make a change and we met Pastor Tiffany and Mr. Frank and Mr. And Miss Linda and Carlos when we had, uh, volunteered at Afterball. We knew there was something different about these people and that if, you know, we were going to go try a church, I wanted to try their church just because they seemed nice. <laughs> so we started, um, we started coming here occasionally, but we were still living our life the way that we wanted to. We would drink Gatorade on the way in and then have a coffee if you guys get it, um, and, uh, and we were still, I mean, like, he would still drag me out of bed every Sunday, and, hey, let's go to church, or, you know, hey, you need to wake up and go to church, or all those kinds of things just to get me here, and, um, and it it was kind of, we weren't interested at first, and so David proposed to me, and we set everything up to be married, um, and one of our friends who, he's not a pastor, but he's able to legally marry people in the state of North Carolina was going to marry us. And so we thought that was really cool because we did not want a pastor to marry us. We were like too cool for that. And so our parents who are involved in church and, you know, you know, they, they believe in, in the things of God. Uh, they said, well, why don't you just see if a pastor will like say a prayer for y'all? Like, we need it. You know, like, they, please, please, somebody pray for these dumb people. And so we, um, we decided to get in touch with, um, Pop and P. Tiff and said, would you guys be willing to do premarital counseling with us? Because our parents insisted. And we thought, well, you know, the easiest way to get your parents off your back is to do what? Do what they say. So we did it. And, um, <laughs> and so, so they started doing premarital counseling with us. And, you know, the thing that we loved about it is that it wasn't, hey, you need to start behaving. You need to quit doing what you're doing. You need to live a good life. It was, hey, just come to church. And you don't even have to come here. You know, because I, I always thought we grew up in, in a church like we grew up, and it was all about finances. Like it was all about ways that they could get our money from us. And it was, you know, your parents said, go wherever you want to just go to church um and we thought well we'll try their church out and and we tried it um and everybody was so awesome to us and everybody you know reached out to us and loved us and didn't care what we were like on Sunday morning they were just glad to see us here um and we got kind of tricked into a Valentine's Day party for Apex Youth and those kids were so nice to us and I thought, well, this is weird. Like, like teenagers are so nice. And so we've been serving in that area um, since then. Um, 
and she says that we, I don't know what term you use, but that we run it or something, but they run themselves. They run themselves. Um, they make us better. Um, and it kind of makes me cry a little bit. You know, we don't have kids. Um, and they call us mom and dad to pick on me because I'm not that much older than them, y'all. But they call us that to be ugly. And, um, and they just make us better. Like, they bring out the best in us, and you guys bring out the best in us. Um, I was telling the first service that my parents just moved here six months ago. And um, on our birthdays, because our parents aren't here, and they're not that far, but on the days of our birthdays, you know, that you want to be with your mom and your dad and your family, that Pop and uh, Pastor Tiffany would invite us over and throw birthday parties for us and invite everybody. Um, and that they were family to us when we didn't have a family here. And we still don't have our whole family here, but they're coming. They just don't know it. We're going to sneak attack them with it. So. so we're grateful for you guys. And it's not... You know, it's not something that uh, Pastor Stephen and Pastor Tiffany did on their own. I remember LaTanya from the very beginning. I remember Carlos and Sarah from the very beginning. You know, Rashid has always been around. So we love you guys. And, you know, what you do is important. And the little things that you do that you think nobody notices and it doesn't mean anything to anybody, you know, it's going to change somebody's life. So we love you guys. Come on.
We set ourselves in position. We set our mind at attention and our heart at openness right now to receive this word that is not from a man, but Father God, it's from the Spirit of God. It's a preparatory, it's a preparatory word, a word that is about to set us in motion for growth for the kingdom of God to be established on this earth. Father God, you said your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Father God. And we thank you that we will not stop oh, until Father, your kingdom you. is manifested on this earth. Come on. Father God, and right now we just set ourselves at attention. We ask that you'd give us ears to hear and eyes to see, Father God. That we don't just hurry through this point in time, but Father God, that we just trust the word of God. And with this hand towards our pastor right now, I thank, thank you, you that you empower him. That you give him the words and the boldness to speak this word out in his heart and love. And we thank you for it, Father God. In Jesus' precious name that everybody said. Amen. 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 <clears throat> That's a hot mama that just walked off that platform. Man, when she passes me, it's hard to come back up here. I want to take her out there. A um, little bit, what do you call that? Oversharing. Oversharing. <laughs> um, yes, you know, there are sometimes you come to church, and, and my role is kind of steps into a, um, I like the title Pops, the Pops role a little bit. And uh, you, sometimes you need to have what I call church adult conversations. It's not about the birds and the bees. You can Google that. But no, don't Google that. That might get you in trouble. Go to but uh, let me make, I want to say this to you in case we forget it. But uh, there's a JV parent meeting, I think I might have said that, coming up on April 28th. That is at 6.30 p.m. in the Apex Room. So uh, JV parent meeting. Um, we started off on a series here just last week, going to do this week, and next week will kind of be the pinnacle of that series because it's going to be about those that are coming. And uh, you don't have to stand up for this right now. I know it's a little bit difficult, but if you can, this group here, just kind of turn your head and look at that board as best you could. This group, you know, kind of turn and look at that board behind you if you could. And, and this group here, just kind of split your difference. And, and uh, what you're looking at is a board full of names and initials, and uh, that's people that you said, hey, I want to invite to church possibly next weekend. Maybe you haven't. I encourage you maybe to give yourself an opportunity to put someone on that board. But we've been praying over it. We've been praying all over all those people. You can look at me now. We've been praying over all those people. Every Tuesday we've been coming together. We have all church prayer Tuesday, 630. Love to have you come out for that. Next week we're going to continue to pray for those that come to Easter. It's, it's an ongoing thing. But, uh, you know, you say, how can I be a part of next week's Easter service? And uh, Because like I said to you as we were exhorting earlier, I really do believe that it's one of the moments where the power of God's really available for this thing to happen in people's lives. What thing? For them to come to know Him. For them to be set free. Free from whatever's holding them up. Some people don't think they need freedom. Some people don't think they need God. But we want to give them an opportunity to maybe find out something different about that. Because without God, life's going to be really limited in its fulfillment. Um, and, and many of you can kind of attest to that as well. But they'll come. They'll, they'll get to know God. Maybe they'll get introduced to Him. But ultimately, what we'll be a part of is helping them get on course of what we love to portray here at Coastal Family Church, purpose. And there is nothing more fulfilling when you know where you're going and what your purpose is in life. And there's a lot out there to kind of distract you from purpose. Do you know it's interesting? You can do anything you want in life. It's your choice. Scripture tells you that. 
Your life is yours. God's not going to control you. God's not going to come in and make you do anything. It's not even his personality. Now, people want to say that God's in control of everything because it's a cop-out. That's, that's an easy way to not take any responsibility for your own life. Uh, and, hey, he's God. He's got it all under control. I have no control over what's coming against me. Yes, you do. You, you really do. The Scripture says that, uh, that your choices are up to you. There's consequences to our choices that we make, good or bad. But the Bible says there's a way that I can guarantee that those choices that I make will profit me or be beneficial to me. Because the Scripture says some choices we make are not beneficial. And so I want to make sure that we know what the word beneficial means. Man, it's good for me. And so he says, look, here's how you determine whether your choices are good for you or not. Do they do two things? Do they glorify God? That would be number one. Does this make him happy? You know what makes God happy? The Bible says it very clearly in Hebrews. Just you walking by faith. You walking in belief that he is God and good at being God and good to you. And so then we also learned that it's not only just about, you know, is this about God? It's also, is what I'm doing beneficial for people? And so the reason I said that kind of blipped you in this service about that, we're talking about what's called heart for the house. And I want to help you with what does that mean? What does that mean for Coastal? You know, you just heard some great stories of how God's come in and changed their life. And, um, but there's a tendency for church to come to a place where, where it gets comfortable and gets institutionalized to where it's, uh, it can stop at a spot. And, and a lot of churches start off really good at this. They start off with a good vision and a good direction. But eventually what happens is they get distracted and kind of get off of what they got started doing. And when they do that, it becomes institutionalized. And institutionalized means it's for you. And I'm being right up front with you last week and this week and next week. It's not for you. And this is where the kind of the adult conversation comes in in church to help us see, okay, what does that mean? Well, what this is, how do I have a heart for the house? How do I have a heart for... We've got to be careful because we have made these buildings holy. I can live like I want out there, but when I come in here, I'm holy. But when I go out there, I live like I want. And that's going to get you in trouble. That'll get you in trouble from this standpoint. You, you won't be fulfilled that way. I don't mean in trouble where you're going to get into bad places of life. No, you just you, you won't be ever be fulfilled that way. Fulfillment doesn't come from a spouse. Fulfillment doesn't come from kids. Fulfillment doesn't come from things. Fulfillment doesn't come from money. Fulfillment doesn't come from a good job, living in the right place, living in heaven like we live here on the Outer Banks. That's not what fulfillment comes from. Fulfillment comes from an internal joy that enables me to face external circumstances that all of you walk through. That's when it's really purposeful in life. And so here's what I want to start with to kind of get you up to speed. We started this year with this quote. Our direction that we're going as a church this year is to be generous in all that we think, all that we do, and wherever we go. On the Outer Banks, and now, of course, more around the world as we begin to do that more as a church. We've celebrated 10 years together, guys. Pastor Tiffany did not come to the Outer Banks because we felt like the, it needed another church. I grew up here. There's a boatload of churches here. <laughs> there's a lot of churches. And to be honest with you, there's not enough churches for all the people that are here. I know we got a lot of churches, and I can throw baseballs to churches. That's how close we are. But really, technically, there's 34, 35, 36,000 people here year-round. Year if we all had everybody in there, we would all be four or 5,000-member churches. 
500, 200 member church. There's really not enough. But you know what? I found out that church is not supposed to be about the building. Church is where you live. We can do church out there if we get away from what this is in here. Okay? So here's the, what I read to you uh, or is quoted to you last, at the beginning of the year. We came together corporately for the specific purpose of giving ourselves to God, creating an atmosphere and avenue for a supernatural to fulfill His plans for our lives and the lives of others through our generosity. And we said that here's a scripture that kind of kicked us off into that. Psalm 133, 1 through 3 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is, say it's good, for brethren to dwell together in unity. He says, because that's where I will command the blessing. And so what we started to do is we wanted to help you say, okay, if I'm going to invite somebody to church, my church, my house, where I attend, where I go on Sunday, uh, where I go on whatever day you have church, it's not necessarily about this church, but we're talking about this one. What, what, listen, we have an opportunity to be intentional with helping them get to know God. We have an opportunity with being intentional of develop, play, maybe creating an experience of freedom in their life. We're going to do everything in our knowledge and skill and ability and with the anointing for church next week to make sure that those, if you invite someone, have an amazing experience. We're going to make sure that it's not one of those experiences. Like, I grew up Pentecostal. I mean, it's everything I can do sometimes to not just run around this church on a Sunday morning and get all tongue-talking and happy and what people call spirit-filled in front of people. Uh, it's, it, that's how big that is in me. But I also know that I would freak some of you out if I did that. Just you doing... Do you hear, did you hear Lewis on a Wednesday night? I did one of these. I, I'm wondering why he calls it one of these. Because it wasn't used to it. And then you hear Beth and David, and, and they go off and they have this great experience, and young, and they come into a church, and all of a sudden they're raising their hands, and they're told to sit down. So we understand there's a lot of different ground in here. <laughs> and so, listen, there's a lot of these experiences that some of us are wanting, the Pentecostal experience that we absolutely have on Tuesday at All Church Prayer. It's where a lot of that, we allow that to flow a little bit more. And we endeavor to do it in here. But I'm just telling you, next week you're going to be safe. <laughs> you're not going to have to explain something when church is over. Because you, you're inviting them to come to church. And so, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, they'll watch your face when I said that. Let me read this quote to you. I didn't get to give this in first service. I want to read it to you because it will really kind of catapult us to where we're going today. You don't find the strength of a church in the beauty of its building, the number of its attendees, or the size of its budget. A church is only as strong as the involvement of its members. And the more each person takes ownership in the ministry of the church, the stronger it becomes. And the first thing I said to you, how can you be a part of next week? Absolutely pray. You make power available when you do. But I want to challenge you beyond the praying part. Because to me, that's the easy part. To pray is easy. I can pray and the responsibility belongs to somebody else. Uh, Pastor, I, I was praying for them two hours yesterday. No, you weren't. You may have thought about doing it, but you weren't praying two hours yesterday. No, uh, praying is important, and I'm not taking away from that. We just said we're doing that. That's number one. 
But I want to challenge you beyond that. I want to show you, share this scripture with you. For you know the saying, one plants, another harvests. And it's true, I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. We said, okay, if I'm going to invite somebody to the church, what does that mean? If I say, hey, come to my church, but then they throw the question back at you, and they say, why would I ever want to go to your church? Here's what you tell them. Number one, because we enjoy life at Coastal. That's what we said last week. We enjoy life. What does we enjoy life mean? We love life, we love people, and we love God. What does it mean to love God? That means that we absolutely are facing life by faith. We're not sitting here saying that we're perfect. We're like Paul. Paul was called on the road to Damascus. He was called to the place of ministry, and he did not have anything together when he got called. Matter of fact, he was going to kill Christians right then. And God put him in full-time ministry that day. We put faith in God. We love God. We enjoy life. We face life together. That's what you can tell them. Hey, man, listen. Let me, let, let's just, we can walk life out. Then we said that number two, what happens when I ask somebody and they say, hey, why would I want to come to your church? You can tell them number two. Hey, you're going to encounter God there. That might be too big for them. Hey, man, look, you're just going to encounter a bunch of great people, and they're going to love you right where you are. And, and they, you might be able to tell them, hey, man, listen, just come on. If you come in, I know when you walk out. Here's what encounter means. When you walk out, you'll get a lot more than when you came in when you go out. There'll be something that you'll walk out with. I promise you. And you've got every right to promise them that because you've already experienced that. Now, we're making it about one day. You can live life by these principles, but we're making it about one day. I get it. But have you ever wondered, you know, when somebody says, we've turned this whole witnessing thing into a preaching thing, and I've got to preach to get you to come. No, that's why they run from you, is because they see you coming to preach at them. I found out that most sinners, if you use that term, we don't like to use it in church anymore because it's too harsh. Most sinners know they are sinners. Let's make it more palatable into where I can understand it to where I'm not using that word sinner. I don't know why. Sinner is sin. Sin is sin. There's no sin greater than the other. It's never on a scale of 1 to 10. Sin is sin. But, but here's, here's a better way to pay, put it. People know when they're doing right or wrong. They know when their wrong is costing them and they know when their right is beneficial to them. And all they need is someone like you to come confirm where the right is coming from. And so here's what I want to share. I want to take you to another step beyond sharing with them, just kind of beyond the enjoy life part, into that place where, okay, there's a little bit more expectation on us as, as believers when we reach out to people. And to do that, I'm going to define some roles in the process. Listen to you. I said, we didn't come here to start a new church because they needed new churches. But we are 400 persons strong, over 400 persons strong now. We're getting ready to go multi-site the first week of June. We start our Shores location. They had just had a great meeting with that last week, or excuse me, last night. That's getting ready to happen. And I said to you that I sense in my heart, or sense in just kind of, you start to learn culture. We've got 10 years together now. You start to kind of learn maybe some waves that are coming in church, and we are really sensing that there's a growth coming, a wave getting ready to happen at Coastal. Another one. And, and that, we believe that that's going to be kicked off at Easter. And I also know that that's going to make you inconvenient. I also know that that's going to probably challenge you where you are here now, but you might not be sitting where you are now because that seat's not available in the future. 
I also know that where your car's parked right now, you might not have that parking space because someone else is there and you're like, how come they're parking in my spot? I'm just telling you, that's probably going to happen. You might have to park down at the end of the road. Now listen, when we start seeing that, it's already kind of going on. When we see that, we are endeavoring to make sure that we create an experience for you that that doesn't make you so uncomfortable that you hate life when you come to church. So we'll add more services as we need to. We're going to make that work. We're going to make that happen. We're going to endeavor to do that. But I'm just telling you that's coming. And if I don't prepare us for it, I have to get you in the mindset of what is your role, what is my role, what is our role in the process of that. And so I can actually take those roles and understand that I can also apply this when I invite someone to come to church. What's going to happen? What are they going to experience when they come? So here we go. Let's talk about a couple things. Number one, let me share this with you. Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. I want you to hear this. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. And the next two final values, I really believe, are what distinguish us as Coastal Family Church. Not that we're better, it's just a value that we have. And when you look at this through the eyes of of church, not only are we here to enjoy life, not only are we here to... What's the next one? Enjoy life? Huh? Encounter God. The next one is, I believe with all my heart, that God wants to empower you for the work of the ministry. That's That's a unique thing. In other words, what am I saying? When someone says, why would I go to your church? You say, look, man, empower might not be the word that you want to use, but listen, man you got a purpose on your life, and you just might find out what that is at Coastal Family Church. You see, it's interesting. We have kind of got this whole church concept thing kind of confused a little bit. There's kind of two different cultures that are out there, multiple, but two that we're used to. One of the church cultures is this, that a pastor comes alongside, comes and starts a church. He's got a vision. He's got a call. He's, he's heard from God, and he gets out, and he starts out strong. He might add an associate to it. He might add some helpers to it and some staff to it. And as he's going along, he spends the rest of his life trying to raise funds to provide for it and create volunteers to support it and do the work of it. And that's what most are used to. And what happens, the nature of people come alongside that person, good hearts, good right hearts, but they, then they elevate that pastor to a position that he's not even qualified to have, and they give him, he's, he's the only one that can contact God, he's the hotline to God, he's the only one that can pray for my babies, he's the only one that can pray for my family, he's the only one that is able to do this and do that and do this, and then eventually the church is going to stagnate. And what pastors, pastors do, so because they can't go any farther, they, it's easier just to institutionalize because they can take care of about 350, 400 of you, and that's about it. We need to make sure that doesn't happen here. We need to make sure that as we see that on the horizon and we see these things coming, we want to help you realize that, that this is really kind of Old Testament mindset. Because it, the, God established it in the beginning with a vision in mind. But he says, look, I'm going to take a priest and I'm going to put him in place. He'll be the one that can go into the Holy of Holies. You children of Israel, you come to him with your sins. You come to him and tell me everything that's going on. And I'll tell you your future. I'll tell you what you need in life. And then you go into the Holy. I'll go into the Holy of Holies. I'll sacrifice for you. I'll hear from God for you. I'll come out and I'll tell you exactly what you need to do. And you'll be okay. But then Jesus comes along. 
<laughs> and he messes that whole system up. <laughs> oh, he, resur- uh, he just comes in and messes it all up. And he starts telling people, the common man, that's who he fellowshiped with and socialized with, the common man, that's who he chose to come alongside to help him fulfill what his call was. And what he did, he said, he started telling the common man, like you and me, he started telling us, he says, look, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. And guess what? You can go to God for yourself. Jesus. He didn't put a robe on. He didn't have a safe parking place. (laughs) He didn't have a special seat in the house. Matter of fact, they kept him out of the special seat in the house. They kicked him out. He didn't go into a place where, uh, it's funny because what happened is these people that had place and position, they got institutionalized. These people that were uh, supposedly, uh, were supposed to understand this, they became such leaders, such hard-hearted that they didn't even recognize him when he came. And he was the one that they were prophesying all along. They had got so calloused and unconscious to what the real God was that they couldn't recognize it when the real God was sitting right next to them. And I don't want that to happen to you. I want you to realize that the real God is sitting right next to you right now in your story, in your testimony. A lot more ministry goes on through you out there than just one man. And when Jesus came and rocked this whole world, another thing really began to happen was uh, a change kind of started, but they fell right back into the same pattern. And then the church started. Church rocked the world a little, get, little bit. But you know what Jesus did while he was here? This is what I want you to see. Not only are we enjoying life, not only are we uh, uh, encountering God, he wants to make sure that you can encounter God anytime you want, wherever you go, with whoever you want, with whoever you're talking to, in your job, in your workplace, in your family, in your relationship. When you don't like your wife, you can still encounter God. When you don't like your kids, you can still encounter God because he empowers you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus came, and just so that, just in case it didn't work out, he empowered you with the Holy Spirit. So at Coastal, one of the distinguishing things is we endeavor to empower you to fulfill your purpose. Now, a really interesting thing continued after that. Then you see in the 1500s, the Protestant Reformation started to come on, and, and they started to get a hold of this thing, and then they started realizing that, okay, guess what? We're priests. We're Nothing keeps us from going to God. and Nothing keeps us from this relationship. And nothing changed. And it's that way today. Still in many churches. And it's actually more uh, disoriented in churches today that you have people leading church. Or let's say it this way. Pastors are ministering, but that's all they do. And the people leave the church. It's ungodly. It's not biblical. And that's why it doesn't grow. That's why it gets institutionalized. That's why they have 5, 10, 15 boards to run the church because they're still trying to run the church and it's out of order. As a matter of fact, uh, there's an interesting term that's been developed for a position maybe that I hold. Guys, I am, listen to me, I have no special ability. You have no, we, I, all I have is a call and a gift just like you. You've got a call and gifts that are different than mine. I'm gifted to be in this spot. I'm gifted to see you as church and to see this whole thing here. 
You may not be gifted. Uh, uh, you know, I've heard this said before. Look, when I leave here, I don't think church all day long. When I leave here, I think church all day long. It's my call. It's my gift. When you leave here and, and, and whatever uh, role you have in life, whatever job you have in life, that's your call. That's your gift. And we're getting this thing out of order to where we're trying to create an experience for people that they're not called to be in, and then it doesn't grow. And really, ultimately, the way the Scripture is set up, the way Jesus set it up, is simply this, that the pastor is leader, he's shepherd, but he, what it means is he leads people to still waters and equips them once they get the still water to go out and to live life and to minister. This is New Testament. And I don't have time to go into all of the doctrinal ins and outs of it in this service. It's a whole 10-week series thing. But I want you to embrace an understanding of what church empowerment is. It's empowering and it, it sets you up because, number four, the reason you are empowered is because not only do we enjoy life, not only do we encounter God, not only are, am I empowered, I'm not just a common man. I'm a common man empowered by God. And I ultimately, Jesus didn't mess up when he said this. He, he did not mess up. He did not get it wrong when he said that when he left this earth, he gave us a commission. So we exist for people. I'm existing for the kingdom of God. It's interesting that there was a word that's been created for me. It's called clergy. Clergy, pastor, reverend. Don't ever call me reverend. Reverend. Uh, what's another one? Somebody called, came up to me and gave me another one a while ago. Preacher. Oh, I get called preacher a lot. I get it. I know it's right heart, not wrong motive. I get that. But do you know the word clergy is not even in Scripture? And the word clergy is actually where we get our word today, clerk. Clerk of courts. And you know what a clerk does? <laughs> a clerk takes notes and reads for you. So when I come back... You took the notes, read it back to me, and I'll do what you say in the notes I'm supposed to do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a member of, a, of the volunteer fire department, been doing that for a long time now, and, and I even have the position. They gave, me a, they gave me a position. I just wanted to be with my son and fight fires and play with cool toys. But now I'm an officer, but guess what my office is? Clergy. They even sent me to a two-day training for clergy. It's not even in the Bible. What happens is people elevate something that it's not, and then they depend on that place that it's not, and then that's why you're disappointed when that place can't give you what you're coming to give, when God's empowered and equipped you to get the same. My role here. Now listen, I'm not going to stop my role. And I'm not, but I see the writing on the wall that if we won't want, don't want to be institutionalized to where you're getting unfulfilled and you're just staying free and you're just knowing God and you're just knowing God and you're just staying free and you're just knowing God and you're just staying free and you're just knowing God, you're just staying free, you're just, you're getting tired of hearing that, then do something about it. Move beyond it and find out what purpose is. And uh, listen to me, I, I hate to tell you this. <laughs> up until you get saved it is all about you but once you cross that line of faith it ain't about you anymore I'm serious it's not 
Now, I'm not saying that we don't come to church and we don't get equipped and we don't learn how to grow life better and, and be better. You, I, I mean, listen to me. You know, for some reason, people <clears throat> look at the life of this and the praise and worship leaders and, and, and the servers and they, they think that, there's, that you, 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 you're just like, oh, you're holy or something. Come home with me this afternoon see how holy we are. I guarantee you that by the end of the day, something will happen in my house that somebody gets upset with. Because we're common people with cause gifted by God. Now, I'm not taking myself and yourself and putting us to where we're just common. Now, that's what I'm trying to embrace you with. You're common, but in God, you're common as priests. And you're raised up to fulfill a call that's only you can fulfill. I can't fulfill yours. I can lead you to green pastures and what it will be. And I can equip you through the calling I have. But then I can't do it for you. When I first started in this thing 30 some years ago, 28, 29 years ago now, I used to love the council. I, I'm serious, I would. I'd go sit in the hospital with somebody for ever. Ask my wife. I didn't come home at times because I, just, I was going to stay there until they raised up from the dead. I would go <laughs> sit in counseling two or three hours with somebody. Listen, there's probably a chance you see me coming to the hospital. You, you might not want that because it might mean that you're getting ready to die. Because <laughs> calls change and responsibilities change. And I realize that, that there's more of a push for me or draw for, for, for my role and your role to let's just start doing what we're all called to be. And here's the number of reasons why. <clears throat> Excuse me, the reason why is because we exist for people. I'm going to give you one more scripture and I'll let you get out of here. I've taken you a little bit longer today. In Luke chapter 14. Is this all right, guys? You guys okay? Luke chapter 14. Starting with verse 16 through 24. Yes, for there once was a man who threw a great dinner party and invited many. You're the ones that are invited. When it was time for dinner, he sent out his servants to the invited guests saying, come on in, the food is on the table. Every time you come to church, we will make sure food is on the table for you. We do our part. Every time you come to church, there's a dream team of people making sure that you have a place to be fulfilled and to get what you come for. Absolutely. But what we have seen is as we create experiences and create changes because of growth to make church a better experience for you, <clears throat> things like we don't have Wednesday night service anymore. We have just one Wednesday night a month, Worship Wednesday. And the people that complained about Worship Wednesday because we didn't have Wednesday nights anymore, guess what? They don't come to Worship Wednesday. Because why? Because Wednesday was not for... Say it this way. Wednesday was for them. And I'm trying to recreate that experience. And then you go beyond that. Then we have all church prayer. And people come to us all the time. Will you teach me how to pray? Will you, will you come? I, I just need to know how to pray like you. They don't come on Tuesday. I get it. It's because they might be afraid of some of the, you know, what we're going to do. I don't know. We just pray. And so if we're not careful, this experience could happen to you. What goes on next? Listen to this. Then they all began to beg off one after another, making excuses. The first said, I bought a piece of property and need to look it over. Send my regrets. Another said, I just bought five teams of oxen and I really need to check them out. Send my regrets. Got a ball game going on or something. You know, can't be there. Kids playing ball. Uh, yet another said, I just got married and I need to get home to my wife. I get it. Happy wife, happy life. I get all that. 
But that might be why life is not happy at home, because happy wife and happy life need to be here. And it might be. I'm not, listen to me, and I've got to get out of here. I am not trying to get you to not go to have life experiences in the world. I'm not telling you that you don't go to ball games and go to movies and go to do life with people. No, I want you to do life with people. I want us to realize that this life, this table planned and prepared for me is out there on my job. When I get into that ball game and, and, and that umpire calls the wrong call and it was my kid that got the wrong call, act like a Christian about it. Can I give you a really good statement that you can live life be, by? Don't be that guy. You'll know when you are because you're making more noise than anybody else. Now, I don't care about you making more noise for your kids playing ball. My wife was crazy when it came to cheering on the sidelines. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not trying to take this experience that you're hearing saying it only happens here. No, that's what I'm telling you far beyond that. I'm saying that if we don't go beyond here, it will only happen here, and then it will stop what's happening. This major move that's been going on, every church starts off good, but the ones that continue to go are the ones that don't come to that place where they lose sight of what they started doing. And that was the commission that Jesus left us with. And if we make it about you getting a better life and you getting your act together and all of that, you, you're going to get that here. But if that's what it's all about, I don't want to be here. You know why? Can I, take, can I be really upfront with you and honest with you? We're all about purpose here, right? We're all about being fulfilled here, right? And I'm a little selfish with this one. I am not fulfilled when that starts to happen. I love leadership. I love seeing you get it. I love seeing you have a smile on your face. But me personally, that's not what fulfills me. What fulfills me and gives me purpose is when I see someone really get it really get God, really get freedom, and they get on the same course you are. So I can't not do this. It's my purpose. It's what fulfills me. That's selfish. I get it. There's a bunch of churches all across the nation, move if you have to, that will accommodate your parking space. They'll give you a sign that says it. They'll give you a clergy sign. The only time I look for that sign is when I go to the hospital and make a visit. <laughs> Here you go. The servant went back, told the master what had happened. The, he was outraged, and he told the servant, quickly get out of the city streets and alleys, collect all who look like they need square, a square meal, all the misfits, homeless and wretched, you can lay your hands on and bring them here. The servant reported back, Master, I did what you commanded, and there's still room. The master said, go. The country roads are whoever you find. Drag them in. I want my house full. Let me tell you, not one of those originally invited is going to get so much as a bite of my dinner party. Why? Because they've institutionalized themselves. Final quote I want to give you. 82% of unchurched people would likely attend church if invited. But only 2% of church people offer invitations. What percentage are you? I'm going to leave you with this prayer. You can stand up with me right now. I'm going to leave you with this statement of faith, prayer of faith that we kicked off this year with. 
And I know this is kind of an adult conversation a little bit, just, and, and it's, sometimes it seems like it can be like this from a pastoral standpoint. No, 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 don't take it that way. I'm embracing your heart. I'm embracing you from the standpoint that I know what will really fulfill you, and I know you do too. Sometimes, uh, Tommy, come here. This is going to kind of be weird, but turn that way. Carlos, you come too since you're... Just do a little bit of a bend over. And turn and do a little bit of a bend over. Sometimes you just need a boot. Sometimes you just need a boot. Because if we, we're, we all... We humans are really all the same in nature. We love to be comfortable. <laughs> you know how I can prove you love to be comfortable? Get sick and see what you try to do. Get better. Hmm? <laughs> when you go to a movie and you can't stand sitting up front, oh, what do you try to do? You get comfortable. You move up. Then move up in church. And you get a better view. And you'll see what you can do for somebody else's life. Here's my prayer. I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes. This is Philemon 1.6 if you want scripture. Philemon 1.6. I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Heart for the house. What do I tell them? What do I say if they say, why do I want to go to your church? Tell them this. Hey man, listen. We're enjoying life over there. Hey man, I encountered God when I came. I didn't even know Him, but I encountered Him. I encountered Him. I came face to face. And you know what, man? When I walked in, for some reason, when I walked out, I was better than I was when I came in. I had more peace than I did when I came out. Or vice versa. And then number three, you tell them this. You tell them, look, you come there, they're going to empower you. You will have the ability to fulfill a purpose you have in your life. And you tell them there, man, listen, if there's nothing else more important, it's this one thing. They exist for you and to better your life. That's why Coastal has a heart for the house. Every head bow, every eye closed.